What's up, fellas? Welcome back to the Grown Man Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Kersey, and we here at Grown Man are on a mission to inspire and equip men to live bold lives, and that is what we are going to do today because we are talking to uh, a new friend of mine named Chad Allen. Chad comes from the book publishing world. Uh, He has spent 20 plus years in that world, really gained an amazing amount of experience, and he's just such a great example of somebody who has lived boldly, who has made bold decisions to guide his career, his marriage, his relationships, and has seen the fruits of that, is really living in a way that is in line with what he feels God has created him to do. So I'm excited to share some of his story, some of his wisdom, just some of his focus with you guys. Uh, He's just got such a great, wonderful, warm personality. I'm really enjoying getting to know him, and I know you guys are going to enjoy getting to know him on this podcast. Uh, Before we jump into the show, one thing that would be really helpful for us, as I know a lot of you that are listening have not done this yet, and it would mean the world to me if you would take just a couple of minutes to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. If you just open the Apple Podcast app, you might be uh, listening to this podcast directly in that podcast app already. All you got to click on is leave a review and man, just leave a, a quick four stars, five stars, maybe even, and a quick note on what you enjoy about the podcast. It really helps us get this uh, message out in front of more men. And the Lord knows, literally, <laughs> that we as men need more messages exactly like this. So thanks as always for tuning in. That review would mean the world to us. And with that, let's jump into this interview with Chad Allen. Well, Chad, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. This is this is great. Uh, you know, listeners don't know, but we're recording uh, two episodes back to back for different podcasts, which is kind of fun. So, thanks for being a trooper, man. Oh man, my pleasure. This is awesome. Uh, you know, I'm excited to chat with you because we connected in the professional world. Um, without really my knowing that you were a believer, although it seemed like you knew a lot of people in my world that I know are believers. And so finally we were kind of like, Hey, you, we share the same faith, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Which is always, right. always fun for me, you know, when those values are backed up by the same foundation of, of faith. Yeah, so uh, totally. I, I want you to know, I want to acknowledge you as we get started that your faith shines through and you're an amazing light in the professional world of what you do. Uh, as a believer. So thanks for that. Thank you, Kurt. That means a lot to me. I appreciate that. So, you know, we'll we'll jump in with the loaded question that this podcast is all about. <laughs> when you think about what it means to be a grown man, what kind of comes to mind for you? Oh, boy. How much time do we have, Kurt? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give, I'll give uh, the, you know, just one aspect of this that really comes through strongly for me because of the role it's played in my own life. And that is uh, that a grown man is a vulnerable man. Um, I, I, you know, grew up with a dad and a stepdad and like many people, many men in their generation, you know, I I don't know that Brené Brown wasn't around back then, you know, (laughs) And other voices that were 
sort of emphasizing the importance of not only having an awareness of what we're feeling, but being willing even to share what we're feeling with other people. And, um, and I think, um, I don't know, I, I think that just made them maybe a little less present than, than they would have liked and than I, uh, as their son, would have liked. Mm. And then in my own life, um, you know, going on a journey through lots of therapy and, and uh, serious interior spiritual work, you know, just seeing the, the incredible value, the incredible benefits of, first of all, coming into some awareness of, of what's going on for me, and then being conscious and intentional about reaching out to other men, reaching out to my wife, uh, with what's really going on. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm sure all of us have had those conversations with, with people we care about. And, you know, we may come into the conversation carrying a load, you know, but if you're, if you're in, a right, in the right space and you're talking with somebody who's ready to listen, you can end up leaving that conversation with just this burden that's fallen off of you. And there's nothing that feels better than that. And I just think we need to be getting, we need to get into a rhythm of doing that regularly. Um, so for me, it's all about vulnerability. That's amazing. I, I think like that, that tie between vulnerability and relationships is really important. And I think you're touching on something that it seems like a lot of men now in today's world, to your point of, we got Brene Brown and we got Tony Robbins and we got all these, all these folks that are telling us that, hey, men aren't naturally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be more vulnerable. And, and I think we all kind of know that, but then actually practicing that and walking it out is a whole different ballgame, yeah. right? So can you talk to us a little bit about like, what does that look like in your life? Like, how do you actually walk out that vulnerability? Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. And I, you know, to say a little bit more about why it's not natural to us, you know, I'm not sure that's true from when we're born. I mm-hmm. think, I think we're socialized um, to stuff our feelings. And that's why, you know, by the age of like eight, you can, you, scientists study boys and girls on the playground and girls have no problem emoting, you know, <laughs> loud and proud. Uh, and boys are already starting to mm, clam up. You know, I don't do that. I, I've learned I don't that that is not valued when I. So I just think we socialize it out of guys, and um, and it's to our own detriment. But what it looks like in my own life is, first of all, I I'm not I'm not um, perfect at this, but. Most weekday mornings, I spend at least 10 minutes in meditation and prayer. It's a time that I just get centered and I listen to my breathing, recognizing that every breath I take comes from God. And I, I depend on, I'm a contingent being, you know, I depend on powers outside of myself to, to live recently I was uh, doing my my meditation practice, and the the guide that I was listening to said sometimes it's helpful to think of 
the breath breathing you rather than you breathing. And that, huh. that little insight just changed everything. It helped me relax and realize, yeah, you know what? I don't have to control my breathing. This is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Just, to, just to have an awareness that I am each and every moment sustained by a power greater than myself. Hmm. Uh, that creates so much gratitude uh, in me. And it just helps me get in touch with, with myself and what's important. I, I um, think that's really beautiful. If I can interject there for a second, sure. Chad, I just think like, the beauty of that, especially, you know, we're recording this, I'm not sure when it'll go live, but in the midst of still stay at home and shelter in place and, and yeah. kind of walking through an uncertain season as a culture. And I yeah. think uh, the one thing that I think this has awoken, at least in me, as I'm sure a lot of others, is the fact that we're not in control, right? Yeah. In, a, in a really real tangible way, we're not in control. Yes. And I think just... Uh, accepting that reality from a place of dependence on him every morning. Gosh, what a, what a beautiful practice to start your day to really reinforce that, that leaning and that, that nurturing of God, I'm, I'm yours. This whole thing is yours, right? I'm wholly dependent on you is just a, such a great mindset shift. I'm curious, tactically, I know there's all kind of apps and tools and courses yeah. and whatever else. Do you have an app specifically that, that has helped you kind of on that journey? I do. I use Calm, uh, the, the C-A-L-M. It is not um, a Christian app by any means, um, but it's not anti-Christian either. Yeah. And um, I've tried more Christian apps. And honestly, they, they for one reason or another, they just don't work for me. Um, um, one of them, the meditations were so short. I was like, that was two minutes. I, I need more than that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I've been, I've been with calm now and it, it totals how many sessions you've done. And I'm, I'm getting close to a thousand sessions now. Oh, that's amazing. So there's a daily calm feature. It's 10 minutes. Tamara Levitt is the, is the guide. She's a very soothing voice. And, and usually I meditate a little, and then I do just spend some time in prayer, you know. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll even raise my hands as just a posture of like, God, your servant is listening, you know. How, how, would, you, how would you have me conduct myself today? Um, and, uh, but I, I'll, I'll say I fail all the time. Sometimes I sleep in and, you know, but, but, but regularly I have begun this, this rhythm, and it's been a, been a huge difference maker for me. The other thing, the other thing that I think is really important here when it comes to vulnerability, um, I mean, that centering practice is all about awareness. You know, this term mindfulness is so big in our culture today. And I think there's a reason for that. People are waking up to the importance of just like, uh, like we're so, we're going, 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 and we just don't take the time um, to just cultivate a sense of what's really going on for us. So that's what that centering practice is. But the other piece of it is interacting with others. It's about community. And so I have a handful of guys um, and uh, I'm texting with them regularly. Uh, just today, um, a buddy texted and said, hey, how's it going? Did you get outside today? You know, like, I love mm -hmm. that. And yes, there's snow on the ground here in Grand Rapids, Michigan in mid-April, but I did go for a walk uh, this morning. 
And um, so I'm just in touch regularly with a handful of close friends who know my stuff and know my struggles, know even my family history. And I'm regularly in touch with them. And they're my guys, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know where I'd be uh, without them. So, um, so those are the, those are the two practices that really help me imperfectly as I do, but they're the, they're the practices that help me live this out. Yeah. I love that because, you know, I think we talk about community and mentorship and really building, building that community. That's what this platform ultimately is all about is I don't think I personally don't believe, and I, and I think this is scriptural, that you can become a grown man without realizing your dependence on God and on the rest of the church, right? Which is is community. And so talk to me a little bit about that group of, of men. Like, how, how did you cultivate those relationships? And how do you kind of keep, keep yeah. in regular, like, investing in those relationships? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and, and just to, to comment about what you said there about being dependent on God and other men. I, I just think, as you were saying that, I was just really aware of how that flies in the face of so much in our culture. You know, the James Bond, um, you know, persona. I mean, there, there's even a part of me, Kurt, as we talk, that just kind of gets angry that I need to depend on mm. other people. Like, I want to do it all myself. You know, maybe that's part of being a three on the Enneagram. But I just, I, I both resonate with it and I'm allergic to it at the same time, you know? Well, the way it's worked for me is, um, you know, when, when I have connected with a guy, I'm thinking of my friend, Nate, we, we ended up, it was first a professional thing. We were working on a project together and I just really sensed like some, some synchronicity, between his interests and my interests and just what we were trying to do with our lives and with our families. And so it was just real simple. It's just, you know, reaching out and, and saying, Hey, you want to hang out sometime? And, and um, you know, and then I just try to be a really good friend to him. I talk with my kids about how the best way to find a friend is to be a friend. So that's what I try to do. I try to bless my friends. Awesome. I try to, I try to show up, you know, on like birthdays and, and otherwise, and like be, present. Again, this is not our strong suit as guys, you know, we'd rather just hold up. We'd rather do like, what? Like, really, you want me to put my buddy's birthdays on my kid? What? (laughs) But, but I, I think it makes a big difference. And, and so, so we do that. And then I'm part of a, of a, of a spirituality group that meets actually tonight. We meet tonight at six o'clock. And uh, we go through a book together. We check in with one another, and um, and that has been life giving. That's a weekly a weekly group that I'm a part of. Mm. Um, and but then there are just these handful of guys that I just try to reach out to, and it's even in my calendar. Have you reached out to anybody? Have you connected with anybody this month? And um, and these days we're doing it via Zoom, you know, because of COVID nineteen. Um, so it's different, but Nate and I, who normally will hang out at a pub, you know, once a month or so, um, we, we hung out via zoom with our drink of choice and, (laughs) and just talked about about what was going on. It was, it was, it was a lot better than nothing. That's for sure. Yeah. I hear, you know, a couple of things that stand out to me about what you shared about those relationships is like this balance between, 
just kind of naturally building those relationships and then also being really intentional about investing in those people's lives, right? Like I, I think what you shared about Nate is like, I just noticed that maybe we clicked in a certain way and had the shared vision and, and values. And so built a relationship off of that natural connection, but then really intentional about, I'm going to show up. I'm going to, I'm going to be about the things that Nate is about. Right. And I think as uh, to back to your point of like the James Bond, I thought that was so, so awesome because it's so true of like, we have this James Bond vision of this independent, this rugged independence Mm -hmm. that doesn't allow us to think about, gosh, it would probably mean a lot to Nate if I remembered his birthday or I remembered that this weekend he was really excited about doing something or had something really hard that was coming up for him. And to your yeah. point of like, just being there, I think yeah. it takes vulnerability to be yeah. the man who decides to be there and show up and check in. Yeah. Uh, but also to be the man that says, yeah, that, that means a lot to me. Right. And reinforces that in their friends. Like yeah. I find that one of the best ways I've, I've built relationship is when I have a buddy that does that for me, that shows up for me is slowing down enough to say, Hey man, that like really meant a lot, you know, like that really means a lot to me that you would think to shoot me that text or, or pick up the phone and call or show up to this thing. Uh, and I think just reinforcing that in our friends shows them that, Hey, that's what I want. If that's what you want. So like, yeah. let's keep going down that road, yeah, you know, yeah, let's keep that going. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's even convicting for me. Like I'm feeling like I need to send a thank you to, to Nate. Cause mm-hmm. he's, he's been that for me for so long. And, um, you know, the other thought I was having was, you know, even as we talk this way, I'm just sure there are some guys listening right now who are like, um, guy, you know, I just can't go there. I just, it's too squishy. It's too, it's too feely. It's, it's too. Totally. Meditation and vulnerability. Who are these guys? No. Yeah. Like, uh, no, give me some beef jerky. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and like, and they're, they just are like, look, I'm going to do the James Bond thing. Sorry. Maybe without, you know, the, the lasciviousness or whatever, without the, without the promiscuity, I'm going to do the James Bond thing. Um, But here's what I would, what I would say, like, think about, think about your funeral. Think about the end of your life. Do you want to end your life having been a lone ranger and being cut off from everybody around you? Even if it meant you became a billionaire, whatever. Uh, Do you really want to die that way. And think about the people who are going to show up for your funeral, your kids, your wife, your close friends, and what you want them to be able to say about you. Um, Like sometimes just, and that can be macabre, right? To, To think about the end of life, but it can also be extremely clarifying to go, oh, yeah, I don't want to end with all these regrets. I want to end with rich relationships where I shared in the pain and the joy of life with multiple people, maybe not a big list of people, but you know, some people, and they shared in the same with me, and we did life well. Um, like, if that's what you want, Lone Ranger, 
James Bond, they're not going to get you there. Um, that's right. And so, um, so I think, I, I hope that's an encouragement to your I think listeners. that's really important. I, I think, I think both from the heart piece of like, what do you actually want long-term, not like what feels most comfortable right now. Yeah. Um, but also from the perspective of, you know, as believers, and I'll, I'll make the assumption that if you're listening to the show, uh, you believe in Jesus, you've accepted the faith of, of Christianity. And if that's the case, then I also believe we have a calling, we have a, a responsibility. And what's unique about our responsibility is that it's our responsibility because God knows that it's good for us, <laughs> but it's also what's good for him, which is the Great Commission, right? Mm-hmm. Which is to go and make disciples. And you right. can't do that as a lone ranger, right? A, a lone ranger, you know, the pastor that just stands up and speaks on Sunday and is a great leader from the outside looking in doesn't change nearly as many lives as the pastor who's willing to get his hands dirty and build real relationships and get deep with people. Right. And I think, you know, to your point, it doesn't have to be some thousand person list of the lives that you touch, but man, if you think about really accepting that call of the great commission, it's about doing life with the, the, the people that God has surrounded you with in a really intentional way. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I've been on this journey of thinking about sharing the gospel as transaction versus like relational lifestyle. And, uh, you know, Stanley Harawas said, we have the best damn story ever told, you know, talking about <laughs> the gospel. And, and, and I love that idea of like the way we attract people to the gospel is by living attractive lives. We as Christians ought to live so well that people go, gosh, what's going on there? And they're drawn mm. to it, you know? And then you say, hey, why don't you why don't you come to church with me? You know, or whatever it is. That's powerful, um, yeah. And I, I just feel like one of the ways we live attractive lives is doing just what you and I are talking about here, living, yeah. living life in a vulnerable way with, the people we care about. And, um, and I, I think that's unique enough in our culture that when we do it, people will notice and be drawn to, to whatever that is, you know? So, and, you know, maybe conversation for another day, but I think if you feel drawn towards that James Bond version of manhood, I'd also argue that's probably more fear and a tendency towards convenience, Mm -hmm. uh, than it is a true heartfelt desire. So I, yeah. I think I would encourage men that might be feeling that way to examine that a little yeah. deeper. Um, yeah. So, so I'm curious, Chad, you know, you talked about, you met Nate in this professional capacity. We've kind of danced around your actual profession, but you oh, talk yeah. about building a life that is attractive. And I yeah. think to a lot of folks, you've had a pretty cool career, right? Can yeah, you talk yeah. to us a little bit about kind of what, what your career, you shared a little bit like when you actually fell in love with your career, that origin story on our last call. Can you share kind of what your career has looked like a little bit? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Um, I feel really fortunate to do what I do. Um, Always been a book guy and uh, watched a movie called Shadowlands uh, starring Anthony Hopkins and um, what's her name? Deborah Winger. And it's the, the story of C.S. Lewis, really his love story. And um, and was taken with that movie. I was already a big C.S. Lewis fan, which is why I watched the movie. Um, 
And there was this little boy in the movie, Joy Davidman's son. And I knew that Lewis and, and Joy had died long, long since in the 1960s. But I wonder what happened to that little boy in the film, Joy's son, Douglas. And so back then it wasn't Google. It was like Ask Jeeves or Yahoo or something. <laughs> but I did find his email address and we struck up a correspondence and uh, it lasted well over a year. He became kind of an uncle type figure to me. I would ask him for advice about all sorts of things. And uh, eventually, he at the time was living in Ireland, County Carlow, Ireland. He, uh, he ran a ministry out of a 12-bedroom mansion. Um, the Lewis estate had been very good to Douglas. <laughs> and, and, um, and he was also the general consultant to the company that owns all the rights to C.S. Lewis's work. So, uh, so I, in an email, I, you know, with trepidation, asked him if he'd be willing to let me come and volunteer my services as a, you know, as somebody who didn't know anything. And, uh, and he said, well, let's pray about it. So we prayed about it. And off I flew from, from at that time, Salt Lake City, Utah, to County Carlow, Ireland back in 1997. And I lived Amazing. there, I lived there for eight months. And that's where I was exposed to publishing, the world of publishing, through his work as the general consultant to C.S. Lewis PTE Limited. Uh, when books were on their way to press that had to do with Lewis abridgments, compilations, biographies, etc., they would go across Doug's desk for his review. And, um, and that's where I realized, oh, there are these people behind the scenes that have a big impact on how books look in the marketplace, what they actually end up being. And I was hooked. Um, so 20 years later, I'd spent, you know, a 20 year career in the publishing industry, ran um, uh, the Baker Books Division of Baker Publishing Group for seven years, um, oversaw the publication of 60 to 80 books a year, started a blog so I could kind of help writers and uh, that turned into a business that now has been operating full time since uh, two years ago. And uh, so now I call myself a full time writing coach. And I love it. I love this work that I get to do. So that's my career in a nutshell. It's amazing. I think it's there's there's no um, there's no coincidence that what struck you about manhood is vulnerability because I think, you know, as I shared with you, I'm walking through the author process right now, uh, yeah. slowly. <laughs> yes. And uh, there's a lot of vulnerability that comes with being an author or trying to write a book, right? Yeah. Uh, how, how have you seen that kind of play out for the men that have decided to commit themselves to becoming an author? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing quite so personal as a book you know, um, as writing a book. And I forget who said it, but, but there's this, this great quote among writers. It goes something like, writing's easy. You just sit down and open a vein, you know? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, how's that for a picture of, of vulnerability? Um, but sometimes I feel like as a writing coach, like 90% of my job is just to encourage writers mm -hmm. to keep on keeping on to let them know this message, this story you have is important. You have everything you need and more to move through this tension you're facing, this resistance, Steve Pressfield calls it. Um, 
and to to get this book into the world that deserves to be in the world we need you to do this so keep on keeping on and i'm imagining myself saying that to you kurt like you know like um the world needs this and it's it's valuable work it's important work so keep on keeping on if you do that long enough one day a box of books shows up at your doorstep and you get to be the one who holds it up and shares it on facebook and you get to see the impact that it has on hundreds and thousands of people's lives. And uh, and it'll be worth it. it. When you get there, you will look back on the, on the trouble you're facing now and you'll go, it was worth it. I'm so glad I pushed through. Um, so that's, um, that's how that goes. I think that's really powerful. And I, I'm imagining that, you know, as you pursued your career in publishing, that you had plenty of moments where uh, maybe you had like pinch yourself. You're shocked. You get to do this moments as well as is this the right track? I mean, I'd imagine you were doing pretty well in the traditional like publishing career world before you became a coach. Right. And and kind of spun out on your own. So you've faced some fears in a really cool way as well, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm grateful that I have a wife who's a lot more risk averse uh, than I am, and she would kind of settle me down when I was getting excited about moving <laughs> forward. And I remember we we wanted to have a certain amount of money in the bank as a cushion when I, you know, you're a financial planner, so you can respect this, I'm sure. Where you know, you, I wanted this kind of cushion in place uh, for me, so when I got started, if things didn't go well, we had something. And so I remember getting that amount of money in the bank and then going to her, so can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? You know, <laughs> she, she was like, well, what about health insurance? And I was like, okay, let me go figure that out. So I, I went and figured out health insurance and then came back to her. I was like, okay, this is what we do. And, uh, and, and I remember her saying, you know, she was like, okay, I guess you can do it. And, and it, you know, that moment was such an electrifying moment. Um, for both of us. And, um, you know, we're not living on easy street. You know, we, we certainly face, um, face difficulties even now, but uh, for the most part, we're not looking back. We're having a great, a great time. It's amazing. Well, Chad, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for sharing some of your heart and your story and, uh, and being such a great encourager. You know, I think uh, what what we're passionate about here with this podcast is inspiring, equipping, and commissioning men. And all that you shared today, I know has inspired, equipped, and commissioned me. <laughs> and so I know it's uh, it's doing that to those that are listening too. So thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If, uh, if folks want to learn a little bit more about what you're up to, or maybe they have a book in them and they'd like some help getting it out into the world, uh, where might you send them to, to hunt you down? ChadRAllen.com, A-L-L-E-N on the end. If you just write Chad Allen writing, you'll find me uh, via, via Google. Yeah, I would love, to, would love to hear from anybody who listens to this podcast and wants to share about a dream that they have. I'd, I'd be happy to do that. And I'm Chad R. Allen on Twitter and Facebook as well. So yeah, reach out. Amazing. Well, I can attest to Chad is one of the easiest guys on the planet to get along with and talk to. Uh, I have no doubt that uh, you're a phenomenal resource to the authors that you serve. And uh, for the listeners of the show, Chad has worked with a few of our past guests as well. So he's got some grown man project credibility 
here. Uh, and, uh, and I would encourage it if you're curious at all about what it looks like to become an author, to even just start the process of understanding what, uh, what book you do have in you and what that concept really is, uh, make sure you check out Chad's website. We'll link it up in the show notes so you can hunt him down. Thanks again for coming on, Chad. Yeah. Thank you, Kurt. Terrific. Chad is just the man, isn't he? <laughs> I hope a few of you were inspired to say, ah, oh, maybe, maybe I got a book in me. Maybe that's something God's calling me to. And uh, take a few minutes to reach out to Chad. He, as you can tell, is just such a warm personality. And I know he'd love to spend a few minutes with you, getting to know you and uh, exploring how he might be able to help and, and ultimately what God's calling you to. Uh, I hope this podcast also just encouraged a few of you to invest in great relationship uh, with men that you want to do life with. You know, that is one thing that has totally changed my life is just honestly pursuing with intentionality deep friendship and relationship uh, with the men that God has put in my life. Uh, it has changed the way that I think about things. It's added perspective to my life. Um, it's just added so much joy to not just my life, but but my wife and I's life uh, lives together as well. So I would highly encourage you to do that. I hope this podcast inspired you to do that. Look, if you have listened this long to the podcast, that means you are an avid listener and we'd love to hear from you. I'd love your feedback on what you're enjoying about the show, what you'd like to hear more of, um, what we're doing outside of this podcast that you're engaging with and uh, what other resources you'd like to see us create in the future. Shoot me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at grownmanproject.com. And man, even if it's just a few emails back and forth, I'd love to jump on a call with you. Um, whatever makes sense for you, I'd just love to, to hear from you. So shoot me an email, Kurt, K-U-R-T, at grownmanproject.com. And otherwise, we'll catch you here next week.